Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Ever hear this publication called Talkers Magazine? Most of you have not, but in this business, people like to throw it around. And uh, Rush used to tell me, "Ignore it, ignore it, ignore it," and I should. Puts out the list of the heavy hundred. Based on, it's like the New York Times editorial board. Number one is Sean, that's correct. Number three is this show. This show is number two. It's the number two show in America. I can prove it. Then they have little editorial comments. It's the judgment of the state. What is the point of that? It's like the, the New York Times bestseller list. You can have more books sold and they put you at number four behind the number one guy. Then some phony matrix they put out there about audience size. We know what our audience size is. Almost to the person. People have these phony matrixes out there. Oh, look at this. Now you'll know when a host is desperate, or hosts, plural, when they keep pointing to Talkers Magazine, look at us, look where we are. Ignore it. That's not where they are. Ignore it. Which is what I'm going to do right now. We've got a lot of important stuff to talk about. Elon Musk. A lot of people have great hope for him, as do I. As do I. He's offered $43 billion to buy Twitter. But then we have some breaking news from late this afternoon, early this evening. From postmillennial.com, must no longer Twitter's largest shareholder after Vanguard stock buy. Now, number one, 
This has to be an effort to block Musk. But we're going to find out in 20 minutes when we have the great Charlie Gasparino on who will walk us through this. Because this is very, very important. Musk wrote a letter to the board. He left as a board member because he wanted to have the ability to take over this company. And as he said in the letter, and as he has said in interviews, which you'll hear in a moment, he wants to bring free speech and free access back to Twitter and that platform. He's under vicious attack by the left and the Democrat Party. Vicious attack. In fact, it's worse than that, ladies and gentlemen. Charlie Gasparino, again, he'll be here in 20 minutes. He tweeted out the following. As Elon Musk offers to buy the rest of Twitter, a legal source tells Fox Business that the Department of Justice and the SEC have launched what he described as, quote, joint investigation, unquote, into a myriad of Musk regulatory issues primarily involving Tesla. So here we have the politicized Department of Justice, the politicized SEC, going after the wealthiest man in the world who's trying to take Twitter and make it a public free speech access site like it was supposed to be. But Twitter and Facebook and the rest of them have become the important mouthpieces and propaganda platforms for the Democrat Party and the American Marxists. So the idea that Musk would come along with his belief in free speech, he's quite the libertarian, and say, okay, I'm going to fix this platform. Now suddenly he's under investigation, a joint investigation. There's a whole bunch of stuff involving Tesla. This man is an inventor. He's a creator. He's a producer. He's a taxpayer. He's an employer. Countries should thank individuals like this. Countries should celebrate individuals like this, not punish them. Not investigate them. Not attack them. And he said, when it comes to Twitter, it's not even about the financial aspect. It's about free speech. And not just in America, but all over the world, because Twitter has that kind of a reach. So Musk no longer Twitter's largest shareholder after Vanguard stock buy. Vanguard... According to the Wall Street Journal Vanguard Group, an asset managing firm increased its stake in the tech giant to 10.3%. Asset manager Vanguard recently upped its stake in the social media platform and is now the company's largest shareholder, bumping Mr. Musk out of the top spot. Vanguard disclosed on April 8th that it now owns 82.4 million shares of Twitter, or 10.3% of the company, according to their most recent publicly available filings with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. You have to report that within 10 days of your purchase, which they did. Vanguard had previously owned 67.2 million shares of Twitter, 8.4%, according to FactSet. Earlier on Thursday, Musk made an offer to buy Twitter outright, saying that the platform needed to be transformed into a private business to thrive once again. That Tesla and SpaceX CEO offered to buy Twitter for more than $40 billion after recently rejecting a seat on the company's board. 
Twitter shareholder Saudi Prince Walid rejected Musk's bid to take over the platform. Did you folks know that Saudi Prince Al-Walid was a major shareholder in Twitter? Now let's listen to some of what Elon Musk had to say earlier. At a TED Talk. What the hell is a TED Talk, Mr. Producer? None of us know. Because we're basically social media illiterate. But nonetheless, here we go. Cut one, go. Why make that offer? Oh, so... Um, well, I think it's very important for uh, there to be an inclusive arena for free speech, uh, where all, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Um, Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square, um, so uh, it, it's just really important that people have the, both the, uh, the reality and the perception uh, that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. Um, and, you know, so one of the things that I believe Twitter should do is open source the algorithm um, and make any changes uh, to people's tweets, you know, if they're emphasized or de-emphasized, uh, that action should be, should be made apparent so you can, anyone can see that that action has been taken. So there's, there's no sort of behind-the-scenes um, manipulation, either algorithmically or manually. I mean, this would be fantastic if this occurred. And I would rejoin Twitter. Not that that's the end-all and be-all. Absolutely fantastic if this occurred. And he's telling you, I'd let you know how our algorithms work. We had a gentleman on a few years ago, remember Mr. Producer, with respect to Google, said they manipulated the algorithms to affect elections and particularly to harm Donald Trump. You remember that? And what are algorithms? They're decisions that are made, what to promote, what comes first when you, when you go online, what you're interested in. It drives the news. It drives attention. And it does it from the left. And he's saying, no. I want people to know exactly what it is that we'd be doing and why we're doing it and what to expect. And so the anti-free speech, corrupt media, the anti-free speech, corrupt big tech oligarchs, including apparently this uh, Saudi monarch, the anti-free speech uh, academia, they don't like any of this. They have... Very nice situation. Complete control over what Twitter does and Facebook does and Google and all the rest of the oogles, googles, isms, and whatever-ims. Here's more Elon Musk today. Cut to go. Well, I, I, I think we, we would want to err on this. If, if in doubt, uh, let, let, let the speech, let, let it exist. Uh, it would have, you know, if, if it's a, you know, a, it, a gray area, I would say, let, let, the, let the tweet exist. Um, but obviously, you, you know, in, in a case where there's perhaps uh, a lot of controversy, uh, that you would not want to necessarily promote that tweet, if, uh, you know. So the, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is, that I have all the answers here. Um, but I, I do think that we want to be just very reluctant to delete things and, and have... Um, just, just be very cautious with, with, with per, permanent bans. Uh, you know, timeouts, I think, are better or, uh, than, than, than sort of permanent bans. And um, 
Uh, but just, just in general, like I said, uh, how, how it won't be perfect, but I think we want it to really uh, have, like I said, the perception and reality that speech is as free as reasonably possible. And a good sign as to whether so there is free speech is, uh, is, is someone you don't like allowed to say something you don't like. And if that is the case, then we have free speech. And it's, it's damn annoying when someone you don't like says something you don't like. That is a sign of a healthy, functioning, uh, free speech situation. Amen. Absolutely correct. And then finally, cut three, go. I mean, I could technically afford it. Um, <laughs> I, I had that. I had that. Um, but, 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 it's, but what I'm saying is this is, this is, this is, a, this is not a, a, a way to sort of make money, you know. I think this is, it's just that I think this is, um, this could, my, my strong intuitive sense is that uh, having a public platform that is maximally trusted um, and, 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 and broadly inclusive um, is extremely important to the future of civilization. But you've, um, you've described I, yourself. I, I don't care about the economics at all. Yeah, and he's right, because he'd be paying an enormous amount of money and he'd have to liquidate some of his other assets, perhaps in Tesla, in order to purchase it. As I say, at the bottom of the hour, we'll have an expert to help walk us through this, Charlie Gasparino, and what Vanguard did today. And depending on how he interprets this, I may take all my money out of Vanguard. Look, I put my money where my mouth is. It's that simple. If Vanguard's purpose here is to tackle and block Elon Musk and to prevent him from truly creating a reformation in social media. Because if he did this with Twitter, Facebook and the others would die on the vine if they don't, if they don't compete on similar terms. If that's what Vanguard did, it's time to get out of Vanguard. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. All right, just in a few minutes, we'll have Charlie Gasparino walk us through it. But I'm guessing Vanguard was uh, solicited by the existing board to, uh, to try and block Elon Musk. I don't know. And I don't know what Elon Musk's options are. We will explore that as well. 
But this battle of the Titans is a battle essential to free speech in this country. And uh, you heard what Elon Musk had to say. I take him at his word. Why else get involved in this? And uh, as a result, although most people won't draw the line, but I will because I've, I've had enough with our Department of Injustice and so forth. Gasparino texted out earlier today, we uh, tweeted out, coincidentally enough, that uh, that the Elon Musk offered to buy the rest of the Twitter stock, but a legal source tells him and Fox News that the SEC and the Department of Justice have launched what he described as a joint investigation into a myriad of Musk regulatory issues primarily involving Tesla. Guy's trying to, to build up a business. He's trying to contribute to his country. Of course, he's making tens of billions of dollars. Let's, why do we care? Why do we care? I'm not going to get the tens of billions of dollars. Neither are you. He's not taking one penny from us. Not one. Unlike the federal government that takes every penny it gets from us. Or state or local. And then often uses it against us or our interests or our values. This gentleman's running a company. He's running an electric car. Company's way ahead of everybody else. He was ahead of GM and Ford and all the rest of them. And he's cut out of the Biden administration when they have meetings on these electric vehicles. Because he's non-union. Because he moved out of California to Texas. Wow, we can't have that, can we? And here he is. Trying to do, quite frankly, a public service for the United States. And if he makes money doing it, God bless him. Trying to take Twitter and fix it. So it becomes what it, what it was founded to become. The representations that this company made in 1994 to the U.S. Congress to get special privileges. And here's a guy who's saying what? You say, okay, yeah. There may be times when we have to ban people or give them a timeout. When I heard that phrase a couple of years ago, that's when I said, you know what? I don't need bureaucrats and pukes, leftists at Twitter or Facebook giving me time out. I'm not three years old. I don't need a time out from them. They need a time out from me. That's why I left Facebook and Twitter. I left it before they did what they did to former President Trump, which is an outrage. An outrage. Everybody knows that this is part of the left agenda. Everybody. Look what Zuckerberg did in the last election. The algorithms need to be public, he says. What the hell's wrong with that? That's fantastic. So transparency, competition of ideas, free speech, that's the emphasis with certain exceptions. That's just too much, you see. It can't have that, say the oligarchs. We'll be right back. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket Constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. 
I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Charlie Gasparino. Fox Business, Fox News Channel, Foxy Guy, I guess. Charlie, how are you, sir? <laughs> how you doing, Mark? Appreciate it. Very, very well. You know, we don't talk enough, but this is very, very important to the American people, I think. What just took place, Charlie? In terms of what? <laughs> Elon Musk. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, well, this is the story of the century. I mean, yes. here's the thing that, that's so fascinating about this. Um, this guy is... Like a woke guy, that's not woke. He's yeah. a guy that creates these electric vehicles that's supposed to save the planet. Yet he tells people we still need to drill and we still need gas guzzlers because guess what? Poor people can't afford my my uh, my electric cars. He's a free speech um, zealot, which is a good thing. I, like I'm a libertarian. Yeah, not in. Yeah, he's even more than that. I mean, this guy believes we should be throwing stuff at each other and coming to a conclusion, <laughs> which I think you agree with that, and I agree with that too, freely. Yeah. You know, within yeah. obviously within reason. Not, we don't want to be. Right, uh, right. We're not advocating violence here, but I'm just saying he rubs. He's a Silicon Valley guy that rubs Silicon Valley the wrong way, and now he mm -hmm. wants to take their prized possession, the thing that allows them to keep conservatives and libertarians and free thinkers in check, which is Twitter, which is the new public square. Let's face it, it's very power powerful and popular. And, he, and if he gets it, which I think the odds are against him getting it, and I can tell you why in a minute, he will, cha he will, he will change that platform for, for the much better, I believe. And, and now, by the way, why the other platform... Yeah. The other Go platforms ahead, can't ignore it either if he does. I mean, if, if this is an open platform with competition, a lot of people will leave those other platforms and swell into this one. They will. And you know what's great about what he wants to do? He wants to take it private. He also wants to get rid of the, the, the garbage. I mean, you know, the fake accounts that, you know, attack you and, you know, call you names and just and threaten you. I mean, he probably imposed some sort of a thing where you have to put a credit card in. You know, I, I mentioned that to the former CEO once. We, I was at a private dinner with Jack Dorsey. Uh, several years ago, he invited a few people, and I said, why don't you just make everybody use their real name, put in a credit card so you know who it is. It would kill, like, half the lunatics that are on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he said, oh, well, we thought about it, but, but you know, he gave me some BS answer. But I, I, but Elon is talking about doing something like that to clean up the, the garbage. So I think it would be great. I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I, he's going to have to up his bid, to be honest with you. It, it was a financially unsound bid. The 53-week high mark is was $73. He bid fifty four eighty. He's going to have to go to sixty if he wants to do this. And uh, and that's what's why this don't... play by Vanguard? What did they do today? Well, now you remember Vanguard's a passive investor, right? That means they might have just had to rejigger. They, they they invest in index funds, so they're not like being an active. They their their index funds represent what what's happening in the market, and they weight they weight their funds based on a lot of their funds based on what the, how the market changed. So that's probably a function of just the price change that they, they have to rebalance their funds, not a sentiment change. Uh, okay. You have to check, but nothing I, but sinister. No, I don't think so. Not on that. Because I'd pull all my money out of there. 
What's more sinister, Mark, is what I reported uh, yesterday on Cavuto and today, yeah. is that as he's doing this, the Justice Department and the SEC are ramping up investigations. Into it's unbelievable. It, it really. I mean, it's funny that I got this leak yesterday. At, I didn't know he was going to do the bid today, but they. I did get the leak, and it's real. They're looking at him, and they're looking at past stuff and current stuff, and and it's a joint investigation. You know, who knows what they come up with? But just you know, the fact that there's they're snooping around does give the uh, the board of uh, test uh, of Twitter sort of an out if they want to say no. They can say, "Oh, this guy's under investigation." This is so ridiculous here. This guy, he he is he's so creative, he's so productive. I don't know anything about him. Yeah. I have no special brief for him. I'm just saying. I look at it. he's one of the great entrepreneurs. You look, you know, he's he's like yep. a John D. Rockefeller type, but for modern times. And they're investigating him because he's. Uh, he didn't report within 10 days. It was 20 days. Is this a joke or what is this? Listen, this is what they do. I mean, um, I know so many Wall Street guys that, you know, you know, it's interesting. There are Wall Street people that work for banks that had to plead guilty or, or settle with these guys just because they wanted it. They worked for a bank. There's people that I know that were independent that fought back. Um and they and they won, but they only fought back because they were independent. You know, one thing good about Musk is he's got a lot of money and he's independent. He can fight. So, in other words, people are concerned. They don't want to be bogged down in years of investigation and litigation, which yes. can cost millions and millions and right. endless harassment. Take your attention away from your business. All right, how much do you want? And, your and they life. give up, right? And your life. I knew a guy that couldn't get out of his bed because they were coming after him every day. Um, like, he was just destroyed his family. Uh, this guy doesn't care. <laughs> There's but something about him. Stronger. Well, I know he's originally a South African. There's something about him, though, yeah. that's quintessentially American, don't you think? Listen, he went on Joe Rogan. Yes, he went on Joe Rogan's show, knowing that he's got a secure because he does the SpaceX, which uh, he yeah. has to get a the DOD Department of Defense um, a clearance, which means you can't smoke pot. He still went on Rogan's show and smoked the joint, <laughs> mm -hmm. and he did it with the cameras roll. He didn't care. He was like, "All right, come after me, go for it." They didn't in the end because he doesn't do anything <laughs> criminal. I mean, you know, no, they, it's all well. regulatory crap. Interesting. Listen, he's not. He, this isn't Bernie Madoff. I mean, this is a joke. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, what are they going to put him in jail for? for they're, they're, first off, they're not going to put him in jail. I think they would, they'll bog him down in regulatory nonsense. They're going to say, oh, well, you said that your production numbers for the Tesla model, whatever, Z, was X, but it really turned out to be Y. Why did you? I mean, that's the mm -hmm. kind of stuff I think they're looking at more. And um, usually that, you know, that you can get. You get in trouble with that, but I mean, I'd, I can't imagine he's this guy's not Jordan Belford here. <laughs> I want to ask and, you a question while I have it about the sure. SEC. Where does the SEC get off talking about uh, you have to demonstrate climate change uh, progress, all these companies and their filings now? Where's the statutory authority for that? It's a great question. I've been writing a lot about that. They have no statutory authority. Now, they can make it up, which is what they're doing right now. Um, if you go back, you know, you're a constitutional lawyer, and you probably read about the 33 and 34 Act. Um, that's the sort of basis of what created the modern Securities and Exchange Commission. There's nothing in there about them delving into, you know, 
how companies should make the world a better place. Your company, you're generally, and this is based on not just the 30, 33 and 34, but case law, you've always been, your fiduciary responsibility is essentially to the shareholders. Now, mm-hmm. most smart companies, all of them, you know, they do care about shareholders, but they also care about their employees. That's why they want to keep their employees, you know, this, we're not talking like the 19, we're not talking robber barons here. The modern America is not like that. Uh, modern, modern corporate America. Uh, but Gary Gensler, this new SEC chief, is, is is the most woke guy in the world, and, and I think he's he, he's I think legally it's suspect that if he mm-hmm. pushes this button. Oh, I um, challenge it. I would. Yeah, I would challenge, it's challenge it. It's, it will be challenged. It will be now. Uh, you know, Joe Biden. You know what's crazy about Biden? It's like. It's literally every one of yes, I do. By the way, but go ahead. (laughs) Yes, I was just saying. I mean, a guy that was like, you know, came from a state that you know had all these establishment, and I'm not a big establishment guy, but you remember Delaware is an establishment business establishment state, right? It's a corporate headquarters. The corporate headquarters. This guy appoints communists essentially to to yep. run in, in very. I mean, you got him down the line. Not they're not quite communists, but they're kind of close. Lena yeah. Khan at the FTC, this one at the FCC, Gigi Sohn at the FCC, Gary Gensler at the SEC. I mean, it's really quite remarkable what's going on here. I just, I mean, he took this country so far to the left on the regulatory side. It's it's I, you know, they talk about inflation. Uh, and they talk about the need to create supply. You can't create supply if you got this much regulation going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, are you one of those who believes that it's the people around him or him or what? I think it's a combination. I think he's mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, he's obviously not, he's, he's not quite there. Um, I think the people around him have, um, have essentially given economic policy to Elizabeth Warren. There's no doubt about that. She has a de facto uh, she has a veto on, on all his economic picks. Uh, Gary Gensel, the SEC guy I just mentioned, is a, is a close associate of hers. Um, and now, What's his background? It's funny, because Gary Gensel was sort of a, a, a center-left you know, Wall Street guy. He was a bar- partner at, Wall Street, at, at, at Goldman Sachs. And then somehow he became much more radicalized, you know, when he went into uh, the private sector. Right before he came to uh, – so he went into government. He, he left Goldman, went into the government, Clinton administration. Somewhere along the line, he became much less like a Bob Rubin Democrat. Remember him? Mm-hmm. He used to run oh, the yeah. Treasury Department. And much more of Elizabeth Warren. And Elizabeth Warren is his rabbi right now. I mean, there's no doubt that he does what she says, and he is doing that to position himself. To, the inside track, the inside word is to be Treasury Secretary if and when Yellen leaves. It's does, uh, did he make his millions? He made millions, sure, with the free market. So sure, he's comfortable. Sure Yes, yes, he's very comfortable. He's a Goldman Sachs partner. You know, not, yeah. it, it, it just drives me nuts when these guys do this. It's okay for them, well, but you know, anybody else coming behind them. What's yeah, that? they make their billions, and then they, they make their billions, and they make, it, they make it hard for everybody else to make money. I mean, it's just really ridiculous. Yeah, and this guy, um, Musk, actually creates stuff. He doesn't just move money around. Well, if you think about it, you know, his company was on the balls of its rear end, you know? A couple years ago, he took it out of that. He I'm trying, I'm trying to do a mental image of that. But anyway, go right ahead. <laughs> it's 
an old Italian, New York Italian saying. My father used to say, I'm sorry. Yes, it's all right. Abuse your. I'm Jewish. I never heard of it before. That's right. Okay. I'm just saying that it's it's you know he he basically brought the company back because it was it was really close to bankruptcy, and the car is really good. Have you ever been in a Tesla? It's of course not. They come from zero to sixty like very fast. Now and very quiet. And very quiet. Now, the question is, is it, you know, can you do it for the masses? Even he says you can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is it, it, this is going to take time. I mean, how do we way, do this in California that already has brownouts and blackouts because they don't have enough electricity? That's going to be really interesting to watch. It's really nuts. And you know what people forget? If you want to go totally electric vehicles, and Musk will tell you this, this is what drives this is why Biden hates him. You literally have to start becoming dependent on Russia and China again because they control all the minerals. They control much of the minerals that are needed to, to make electric vehicles. I mean, the, the batteries. So Nickel, think about that. We are, yes, yeah, yeah, all of it. All of it. And, it's all, and, and China's got tons of mines in Africa. I mean, it really is trading one, you know, one thing for another. You know, here's the thing, Charlie. We were literally energy independent, or as close as you can get, and it all blows up in 12 months. It's really disgusting, to be honest with you. And he, and he doesn't. And what's crazy about about Biden is he doesn't know it, and he talks about electric vehicles as if it's some panacea that it could just happen tomorrow. Again, you got to create electricity. How do you? How are you going to create electricity without nuclear power? Is much mostly that fossil fuels fuel. and nuclear power, and they get rid of hydroelectric plants too. So what's yeah. left? I, I'm just, it makes no sense. And you know what's also happening right now in Wall Street? Because I cover these guys a lot. They're all nominally Democrats, you know, left of center. But even they're saying now, if you get them privately, because they don't want to say it publicly, they don't have that type of uh, mm-hmm. guts to do this. Only guys like Elon Musk have that type of guts. They'll tell you that his energy policies is, is or destroy the president's energy policy is destroying the country right now mm-hmm. put us in a very bad position with not just inflation but everything else and we could have stagflation which you know means a, an economic slowdown and inflation because of this yeah you can't get the products no matter what the price the and the value of the currency people are at People are out of work then because they can't afford it i mean it's just it's a cycle that i remember in the 70s because i grew up in the 70s how old are you I'm 60 years old. Yeah, I'm 64. I grew up in the 70s, too. You Get ready. Like. Eat an odd, uh, you Whip. know, even in odd days for uh, gasoline. That's coming, too, I bet. I don't do, you, know. do you remember we'll whip see. inflation now? Of course. The button. <laughs> the button. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, my brother. You know what? You're terrific. We got to have you on here Thank more you, often, Charlie. Anytime. I love you. Always been a fan of yours. I love you. Thank stuff. you, brother. I, I love you on Fox. You, you, I love your books. I should bring stuff. you on there, too. All right, brother. I'd love Take to. care of yourself. Right. God bless. See you, Mark. You, too. Isn't he great? Point is, he knows this stuff and speaks in plain English. I don't know this stuff. So Vanguard really wasn't running interference, as best as we can tell. That said, they don't want Elon Musk to buy that company. It's an enormous amount of money that he has. I don't care if you're worth $150, $200 billion. You've got to pony up $60 billion, excuse me, $60 billion. He's not liquid. It's not like he has it in bank accounts. Or his, when they value one of these people, they value their industries that they control or they own or they run and so forth. It's like Microsoft. Gates never had tens of billions of dollars to spend in his pocket. Maybe he can leverage it. Same with Tesla. Same with anybody. All right, we'll be right back. 
Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Harry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Elon Musk, this is the way you do it. We have a lot of entrepreneurial conservatives out there. We have our own Blaze TV media network. You've got the Daily Caller, the Daily Wire. You've got a number of these platforms. Look at Breitbart. Uh, I could go on and on and on. I know I'm missing some very, very important PragerU. Um, Again, I'm sorry if I've missed anybody, but here's the point. Go up against these people. Compete against these people. It can be done. It will be done. A couple of things. I mentioned this yesterday with respect to this fat slob domestic terrorist, Frank James. Excuse me, Frank R. James, not to be confused. I told you that if this guy had been of the extreme right. None of us are of the extreme right. Constitutional conservatism is not of the extreme right. It's right in the center, as a matter of fact. But if he had done this kind of damage and had a liberty and tyranny book or American Marxism book or had written something down about how he follows the Mark Levin show, that would be splattered everywhere. The purpose of which is to try and destroy me and to try and show all the other hosts that they ought to find another profession. Have they looked into Frank R. James's radio listening patterns, television watching patterns, the books that he has? Does he have any, I'm just curious, critical race theory stuff? I don't know. Does he watch the fantastic primetime lineup at MSLSD? Does he? Where they're slamming away Joy Reid and the others at the white people and the white dominant society and pushing all that racist cr- I'm just curious. Is anybody looking? This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening and thank you so much for this sponsorship. Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. 
now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. I rarely do this, but I'm going to. Shockingly, the New York Times sent a reporter to Bucha, Ukraine. And the story is about a month of terror. I want you to hear some of this. Because most of us don't subscribe to the New York Slimes. A mother killed by a sniper while walking with her family to fetch a thermos of tea. A woman held as a sex slave, naked except for a fur coat and locked in a potato cellar before being executed. Two sisters dead in their home, their bodies left slumped on the floor for weeks. Bucha, Ukraine is a landscape of horrors. From the first day of the war, February 24, civilians bore the brunt of the Russian assault on Bucha, a few miles west of Kiev. It's a small suburb. Russian special forces approaching on foot through the woods shot at cars on the road, and a column of armored vehicles fired on and killed a woman in her garden as they drove into the suburb. But those early cruelties paled in comparison to what would come later. As the Russian advance on Kiev stalled in the face of fierce resistance, civilians said the enemy occupation of Bucha slid into a campaign of terror and revenge. And so here we go. Campaign of terror and revenge. When a defeated and demoralized Russian army finally retreated, it left behind a grim tableau. Bodies of dead civilians strewn on streets, in basements, or in backyards. Many with gunshot wounds to their heads, some of their hands tied behind their backs. Reporters and photographers for the New York Times did something they didn't do in the 30s and 40s with the Holocaust. They spent more than a week with city officials, coroners, and scores of witnesses in Bucha and covering new details of execution-style atrocities against civilians. The Times documented the bodies of almost three dozen people where they were killed in their homes in the woods, set on fire in a vacant parking lot, and learned the story behind many of their deaths. The Times also witnessed more than 100 body bags at a communal grave at the city cemetery. The evidence suggests the Russians killed recklessly, sometimes sadistically, in part out of revenge. Unsuspecting civilians were killed carrying out the simplest of daily activities. A retired teacher known as Auntie Linda was shot mid-morning on March 5 as she opened her front door on a small side street. Her body lay twisted half inside the door more than a month later. Her younger sister, Nina, who was mentally disabled and lived with her, was dead on the kitchen floor. Roman Harliak, 43, a welder, and his brother, 46, sent the rest of their family out of Bucha as the violence intensified. 
but both insisted on staying behind. They were found dead in their yard. My uncle stayed for the dog and my father stayed for the house. Well, they're dead now. And the dogs are dead too. They were riddled with bullets. They were not able to defeat our army, so they killed ordinary people. And there was a constant threat from snipers. Bucha had been one of the most desirable commuter suburbs of Kiev. Nestled between fir tree forests and a river, it had modern shopping malls and a new residential complex, as well as old-fashioned summer cabins set among gardens and trees. The Russian author Mikhail Bulgakov had a summer house there. Days after Russian troops drove into town, the Ukrainian army struck back, setting tanks and armored vehicles ablaze in an attack on a Russian column. As many as 20 vehicles burned in a huge fireball that ignited homes all along one side of the street. Some Russian soldiers fled, carrying their wounded through the woods. Russian reinforcements arrived several days later in an aggressive mood. They set up base in an apartment complex behind school number three, the main high school and posted a sniper in a high-rise building still under construction. They made their headquarters farther south in a glass factory on the Bucha River. Till then, the residents of Bucha had been sheltering from Russian missile and artillery strikes, many of them sleeping in basements and cellars, but some had ventured outside from time to time to get water or sneak a look at the damage. Shelling had been sporadic, and much of the Russian artillery fire was aimed over their heads. Russian vehicles were driving along a road at the end of their street, and the neighbors heard two gunshots. Well, what happened? On March 4th, Vladimir Falatov, 50, set out on foot around 5 p.m. to pick up a loaf of bread from neighbors who were baking at home. His mother and brother told him not to go, but he went. They found him the next day dead on the street. Days passed before they could load him into a wheelbarrow and push him to the hospital morgue before hurrying home. On March 5th, a Russian sniper began firing on anything moving south of the high school. That's where Auntie Linda was shot in the morning. That afternoon, a father and his his son stepped out of their gate to go for a walk along their street. They shot my son, his father said. I was next to him. It would be better if they had shot me. He asked only that his first name be published. Many residents in Butcher were frightened after weeks under Russian occupation. My son was suffering the whole night and died at 8.20 a.m., Ivan said. The family buried him in the front garden under a huge mound of earth. It's very hard to bury your child. I would not wish that on my worst enemy. His son left behind an 8-year-old and a 1-year-old. I cannot look at my grandson in the eyes, Ivan said man on his bicycle was struck by fire from an armored vehicle in early March, as video recorded by the Ukrainian military showed. And by March 11, there were at least 11 dead bodies lying on the street and sidewalks satellite footage showed. A ransacked house, a body in the cellar. It soon became apparent why the bodies had remained in place so long. Troops started searching homes and ordered residents not to go outside. They were going yard by yard, said Valery Yurchenko, 42, a mechanic living near the river. A Russian commander warned him not to go out on the street. We have orders to shoot, the commander said. 
The soldiers confiscated cell phones and computers. Some were polite, but still ordered families to leave their homes near the bases and go to a nearby kindergarten. And he handed me my walking stick, said 65-year-old Titania, who was among those to leave. The soldiers turned her house into a pit, using one room as a toilet, and they stole everything. As more troops arrived, they drove their armored vehicles straight into people's gardens, crushing metal gates and fences, parking with their guns, trained on the street. Vladimir Stepetko, 66, fled with his wife a Russian, on a, uh, when a Russian armored vehicle barreled through their back fence. On March 9, Mr. Septiko, a retired water engineer, slipped back to fetch some food from the house and found Russian soldiers living there. He described them as contract soldiers, men who are often experienced fighters but notorious for abuses and acting with impunity. This would be the likes of the Wagner Group. They had parked their armored vehicles across the street and were sleeping and heating water in the house. The soldiers made a sarcastic comment about Ukrainian fascists testing his loyalty. I thought I would be shot, he said. I kept silent. They demanded his cell phone, but his dog barked so furiously at them that they backed off and let him go. It was only when he returned after the Russians pulled out of Kiev that he discovered just how far the Russian soldiers had gone in his house. It had been ransacked, filled with rubbish and beer bottles. Then in a cellar under the garden shed, his nephew discovered the body of a woman. Slumped sitting down, bare legs akimbo, she wore a fur coat and nothing else. She had been shot in the head, and he found two bullet casings on the ground. When the police pulled her out and conducted a search, they found torn condom wrappers, one used condom upstairs in the house. The abuse of the woman was one case of many, said Ukraine's official ombudsman for human rights. She said she had recorded horrific cases of sexual violence by Russian troops in Bucha and other places, including one in which a group of women and girls were kept in a basement of a house for 25 days. Nine of them are now pregnant. She speculated that the violence came out of revenge for Ukrainian resistance, but also that Russian soldiers used sexual violence as a weapon of war against Ukrainian women. By the way, this wouldn't be the first war in which they did that. They also did it in the Second World War. The city had been without electricity, running water, gas, or internet since early March. Thousands of residents still in their homes were living in freezing temperatures, sleeping in their clothes under layers of blankets. Six people in a home for seniors perished from hunger. Cemetery workers who collected the bodies in early April noticed. The lobby was icy cold. Four of the dead had congregated in a sunroom across the garden at the house next door. The same workers had cut down a woman who had hung herself, hung herself from a branch for 10 days in the middle of March Tatiana Shekhar 20 took to walking with her parents to see her grandmother whose house had a wood fire and outdoor stove where they could heat water and cook every day they took the same route through the woods and over the railway tracks on March 24th it seemed quiet again until a shot rang out on the way home it was so loud I could not hear anything Miss Shekhar said 
They all fell to the ground at the same time. Her mother lay silent. I called her, but she didn't move. She lifted her head and saw the blood on her mother's face, her hair, and the blood pulling on the road. Her mother died where she fell. The Russian soldiers later detained her husband, cuffing him, putting a bag over his head when he asked to retrieve his wife's body. They let him go later that night, dumping him, still handcuffed and blindfolded, in a different part of town. In a bizarre episode, they allowed her stepfather to retrieve Ms. Schechter's body and gave him a brand new red car, which turned out to be stolen, to take her away in. The family buried her in the garden the next morning and parked the car inside the gate. Ludmila, the mother of the dead woman, echoed what many civilians in Buka noted. As the war progressed, the mood and behavior of the Russian troops grew uglier. The first lot were peaceful, she said to the Russian soldiers, asking for her surname not to be published. The second lot were worse. Some of the violence seemed cynical, designed to terrorize, but Russian troops were particularly suspicious of men of fighting age, often accusing them being members of the Ukrainian Defense Forces before taking them away for questioning. Natalia, a retired opti uh, optician, said soldiers detained her nephew, saying they would take him for two days of questioning. They held him for three weeks. After the Russian troops left, neighbors found him dead in a basement. They shot him through his ear. In the last week of March, Ukrainian forces mounted a counterattack to retake northwestern suburbs of Ukiev, of Kiev, rather. Fighting intensified sharply in Bukha, and Russian units began preparing to pull out. One of their last acts was to shoot their detainees or anyone else who got in the way. In a clearing on one street, the police later found five members of a family, including two women and a child, their bodies dumped and burned. At least 15, 15 people were found dead with their hands bound in various places around the city, indicating more than one Russian unit detained and executed people. Five bodies were found in a cellar in a children's summer camp, which Russian units had used as a base. Others were found on Yublunska Street, and more yet in a glass factory. In a nearby village, Matsyan, revenge played a large part in the death of the mayor, her husband and her son, who were found buried on the edge of the village. There were signs of torture, broken fingers on their son, and contusions on the mayor's face, inflicted before they were shot by Russian forces, angry that the Ukrainians had destroyed a truck and an armored vehicle. It was revenge. Pure and simple. And accounts corroborated by local military commander. Residents described how Ukrainian ambush that blew up the armored vehicle and supply truck led to a flurry of Russian violence targeting civilians. The following day, a Russian armored personnel carrier drove down a street, firing randomly into homes with a heavy machine gun. How many people were wounded or killed, they don't know, but said after the Russians departed, he collected 20 bodies in and around the village from this episode and others. They shot everything. They shot at the houses. They shot at women on the street. They shot at dogs. Same day, Russian soldiers detained Ms. Shenko, 50, her husband, Ihor Shenko, 57, and their son, Lenstar, 25, 
The bodies of all three were found in the grave. And it goes on. And on. And on. Nazism. That's what it is. Atrocities. Inhumanity. People romanticize Putin. All they want is a little space, the Russians. Just a little bit of space. And we have people in our own country that attack our military and attack our police force. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. He said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. So you heard all of that, and there's more of the atrocities, the genocide, the war crimes. Horrendous, horrific. And just like the Today Show, now we have MSLSD today, Andrea Mitchell. Cut 10, go. And finally, the political impact at home. First of all, you've got inflationary pressure, real pressure in a midterm election year. You also have environmentalists criticizing the president because of his focus on increasing the supply of fossil fuels through the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, through ethanol now, uh, the increase of ethanol in in the summer gas component. Uh, All of this is hurting the environmental goals, the climate goals of candidate Joe Biden. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially that war in Ukraine. I just wish the Ukrainians would stop dying. So Joe Biden could go ahead further with destroying our economic system with his quote-unquote climate change and environmental goals. Now this clearly is the propaganda of Comcast and their uh, affiliates, NBC and MSNBC now. This is what we heard on Meet the, on the, uh, what is it, the Today Show. When they were interviewing uh, Barack Obama, I mean, isn't this distracting Biden and the Democrats from their climate change goals? I'm sorry, are we distracting you? You've all but destroyed the fossil fuel industry in this country, or at least you're trying to. You're well on the way. I'll be right back. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. 
said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. It's your daily adult dosage of the Constitution. The Mike Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Eric Adams is the mayor of New York City, as most New Yorkers are well aware. Uh, crime has gone up since he's been mayor. Would be nice if he did a little bit more. Actually, a lot more. But there's a problem that he can't control, quite frankly. It's the, uh, it's the court system. And these Soros prosecutors, or Soros wannabe prosecutors. It's a disaster. A disaster. But he has a good question. This is a question that we've asked here. On many occasions. Cut six, go. As the NYPD was searching for the suspect in the subway shooting yesterday, there were more than a dozen shootings in the city last night. And not to mention the shootings that we've seen recently of young, innocent people, some older as well, being shot on the streets of New York. How do you get a handle on this crime in the city, Mr. Mayor? by being consistent with our message. Uh, here's my question that I put out to the city. Hey, I thought Black Lives Matter. Where are all those who stated Black Lives Matter? Then go do an analysis of who was killed or shot last night. I was up all night speaking to my commanders in the Bronx, in Brooklyn. The victims were Black. Many of the shooters were black. So I asked a question that was asking me when I was a child. It's 10 a.m., 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Why are 16, 17, and 18-year-olds out in our streets armed with guns 12, 1 o'clock at night? When are we going to start asking these serious questions? If Black Lives Matter, then the thousands of people I saw on the street when Floyd was murdered, should be on the street right now stating that the lives of these black children that are dying every night matters. We can't be hypocrites. Would be nice. But as we now know, the institution of Black Lives Matter uh, was a funding scam promoted by corporatists who didn't know any better, I take it, by athletes, by the corrupt media and so many others who barely talk about it now. So the mayor has the guts to bring this up. Where's Black Lives Matter? Well, let's see. They spent about $6 million for a mansion. The uh, group in Boston, the head of the group in Boston is being charged. Uh, All kinds of other homes have been purchased. There's an audit going on in the state of California trying to figure out where all the money went. Wow, imagine that. And I'm waiting for 
LeBron James. I'm waiting for all the folks at ESPN who jumped into this with two feet and promoted this organization to apologize. Where's Black Lives Matter when it comes to black-on-black crime? Where's Black Lives Matter when they should be fighting white left-wing-led teachers' unions who prevent school choice in black and other minority communities? Where are they? They're nowhere. You know, they should be like the guardian angels. They should be helping to protect the streets, protect people. You want to fight for rights? You want to fight for equality? You have to have safety. You have to have your life. And then there's Joy Behar. Dumb as a doorknob. A failure in radio. Although I don't know that Talkers Magazine is aware of this. Think Talkers Magazine is aware of this, Mr. Producer? Here she is on The View yesterday. I want you to hear how sophisticated and intelligent she is. And the lawyer they have on there, Sonny Hostin, lives in a huge mansion. But she's down for the revolution, too. And I'm sure she's been beating the hell out of Black Lives Matter, hasn't she? I don't know. I don't watch these five yentas fighting with each other. What the hell? Then they bring these never-Trumpers on. What do you need an AR-15 for? What do you need an AR-15 for? I don't know. What do you need a Cadillac for? What do you need a Maserati for? What do you need a mansion for? Why does Obama have five homes? I don't know. What do you need it for? Because you want it. That's good enough. Go ahead. Those that were the proudest said, I've never had to use my firearm in the line of... You know, you know that... So it's just this cowboy... Oh, now Sonny Hostin is speaking for police. Does she speak for you folks? She speaks for everybody. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Go ahead. Pass a bill contradicting the New York City's state laws. Okay, okay, okay. Joy, the Supreme Court doesn't pass a bill. The Supreme Court doesn't pass a law. The Supreme Court rules on laws. They rule on cases. They apply the facts to the law. They look at the Constitution. And they look at their precedent. The Supreme Court doesn't pass a bill. Now, you support the Supreme Court ruling... Right? Ruling over localities and states. If it's abortion on demand and whatever it is that your agenda is. But you don't support it. Doing so when they might rule to uphold the Constitution because some local or state government is violating it. But in no case do they pass laws. Or do they pass bills? And Sonny Hostin should have said something but she didn't and she won't and Joy's an idiot which is why she never made it on radio you know well all due respect and I'll say this even backbenchers on talk radio are smarter than any host on MSNBC and CNN or any host on NBC ABC or CBS Particularly if you have a three-hour program. If you're a 
blithering idiot. You can't talk for three hours on the radio. Otherwise, you're a blithering idiot if you can, and, and people will know it. So you got to do some hard work. Unless, of course, you got 4,000 guests and there's two or three of you on the air at the same time. And then, oh, my God, that's got to be easy. You can be sitting there and eating your latkes, Mr. P- Mr. Producer. And by the way, I want to wish you all a fantastic Easter. This weekend, I want to wish you all a fantastic Passover, as we like to say, Pesach. These are very, very important holidays for the first for the Christian faith, obviously the second for the Jewish faith. These are very, very important holidays. And they have tremendous meaning. So I want to show all the the best of the holidays. I want to tell you what we have in store for you. Sunday night on Life, Liberty, and Levin. And obviously, if you can't watch it live, I would encourage you to go ahead and set your DVRs to record it. Record it every Sunday. It's easier. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, as I say. 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I've been watching Jack Keane on Fox. He's usually given three, four, five, six, seven minutes. I said, you know, we need to listen to him, the former four-star general, about what's taking place now, the Russians amassing now on the eastern border with Ukraine. He is a fascinating man. He's got enormously high-level military contacts. And he has things to say that you're not going to believe. And Dave Rubin. Dave Rubin used to be a leftist. Not anymore. And we're going to talk about Disney. We're going to talk about all this insanity that's taking place in our classrooms. And of course, we lead the show with my monologue, which is a little longer, is going to be a little longer this week. Because I decided to really take a close examination of Joe Biden. It was very ugly. But I'm going to take a very close examination of what he's done to our country. And what a true disaster he is. So please, if you can't watch Life, Liberty, and Levin live this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, go ahead, well, while you can think about it, while you're thinking about it, and set your record on the DVR, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Sunday. Ever hear of Ali Velshi? I want to tell you who Ali Velshi is when we return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. 
Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. You know, we have Project Veritas now. We know that the feds were monitoring their social media. We've got Elon Musk. Now the SEC and the Department of Justice are investigating him and his company, Tesla, for violations of some regulation out of their massive regulations. Then we have the FBI, the FBI again, that entrapped these Michigan individuals Entrapment of a Michigan militia crew. We had the FBI involved in the Russia collusion. We have God knows hundreds of FBI special agents involved in investigating trespass and parading on the Capitol grounds because the vast majority of the people being charged, that's what they're being charged with or pleading to. We only have 13,000 special FBI agents in the entire country. But this is the number one investigation. It's frightening. James Bavard, who is a terrific investigator and reporter, I've read him for years, inside the FBI's infiltration and entrapment of a militia, a Michigan militia crew, And the FBI got walloped last week when a Michigan jury concluded that the Bureau had entrapped two men accused of plotting to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. This was always a very strange story. Kidnap her and do what? Those men and others were arrested a few weeks before the 2020 election. Oh, just think of it. The cover-up of the Hunter laptop. All of a sudden, the potential plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Clearly, this is just all Trump and his supporters. The FBI fabricated the case that Joe Biden claims showed President Trump's, quote, tolerance of hate, vengeance, and lawlessness to plots such as this one. But the jury verdict exposes how the feds have created the monsters they parade to vindicate their vast power over Americans. Michigan was a swing state in 2020. When the arrests were announced, Whitmer speedily denounced Trump for inciting, quote, domestic terrorism. And I remember all the talking heads on the left on TV pointing to this. Biden, quote, unquote, won the 2020 election because of early voting. And the Michigan kidnapping plot was one of the biggest stories in October 2020. Prior to the presidential election, Attorney General Bill Barr assured that news did not leak about multiple federal investigations in the Hunter Biden case. But the FBI felt no such constraints and trumpeted a ludicrous scheme that was shot down even by a jury that a federal judge had largely blindfolded. Meaning he tipped the balance towards the government and still the jury wouldn't buy it. 
Whitmer had enraged many Michiganders by placing the entire state under house arrest. After the outbreak of COVID-19, anyone who left their home to visit family or friends risked a $1,000 fine. And business owners faced three years in prison for refusing to close their stores. Unemployment soared to 24% in the state. But Whitmer's policies failed to prevent more than 2 million Michiganders from contracting COVID. She was denounced at protests and at the Facebook page of the Wolverine Watchmen, where angry anti-government bluster poured forth. Facebook chief Mark Zuckerberg testified to Congress in October 2020 that Facebook had identified the Whitmer kidnap plot as a signal to the FBI about six months ago regarding suspicious activity on our platform. But the plot didn't exist at that point. That is, until multiple government-paid newcomers joined the group, Stephen Robeson, the FBI informant with a list of felonies and other crimes, organized key events to build the movement. Dan Chappell, another FBI informant who was paid 54000 became second in command and masterminded the military training for the group, even as he helped the feds wiretap their message, wiretape their message. Though several militia members explicitly opposed kidnapping the government, Chappelle and Robeson helped hatch a ludicrous plot to snatch Whitmer from her vacation home and take her away for trial. FBI operatives took the participants who prattled idiotically about stealing a Black Hawk helicopter for drives near Whitmer's vacation home, which supposedly proved they were going to nab the governor and unleash havoc. It was all a setup. An FBI agent texted instructions to Chappell. Mission is to kill the government specifically. That is the governor. There were as many FBI informants and undercover agents as there were purported plotters in this case. Unfriggin' believable. I'll be back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You thought I forgot. Who is Ali Velshi? Ali Velshi is a reprobate who is on MSLSD. And the other day, he compared the state of Israel 
to countries that slaughter people, that torture people, that have concentration camps for people, and on and on and on. Because the hard left in this country is, as I say all the time, anti-Semitic. Oh yes, anti-Semitic. And a big chunk of the Democrat Party. It's a real shocker to some Democrats, but they need to wake up and smell the uh, Marxism. Here he is, hat tip, Algeminer. Cut nine, go. If it's tough for NATO and the U.N. to prevent one country from actually invading another and subverting its population, imagine the struggle our world order has with those countries in which portions of the population are persecuted by their own governments. Afghanistan, Syria, China, Myanmar, Israel, India, to name just a few. What? Israel? Israel has a parliamentary system in which... Israeli Arabs participate. They're members of the Knesset. They're free to vote. They're now part of this coalition government they have there. You have Arabs slash Palestinians as judges. You have entire towns in the country of Israel that are Palestinian and so forth. The courts in Israel are radical left. The media are radical left. All you have to do is go online and read this stuff. There have been about five, maybe six, terrorist attacks in Israel in the past ten days, slaughtering innocent Israelis. The IDF just uncovered another major one that was planned for the first night of Pesach, Passover. You don't hear the Israelis planning to slaughter Palestinians and Arabs, do you? Ramadan or anything of that sort. No, 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 no. But Ali Velshi works for MSNBC, which is loaded with anti-Semites and homophobes and bigots and racists. Virtually the whole damn lineup. Virtually the whole damn lineup. And the corporatists put up with it. Because, depending on what type of racist and bigot you are, and depending on who you are with your past homophobic tweets and so forth, like Joy Reid, and of course anti-Semitism, big deal, right? They buy protection this way. It's protection. Anti-Semitism, hate crimes against Jews in New York are up 92%. Why is that? Hasn't anybody done a show on this? Anybody in New York done a show on this? Any of the local TV stations? Any of the local radio hosts? How about it? What's that all about? And who are the people committing these acts of violence? What are their backgrounds? And since we are so concerned about race, what are their races? Are these Hasidic Jews doing this to Hasidic Jews? Orthodox Jews doing this to Orthodox Jews? I'm just curious. Who's doing this? Ah. You're not allowed to say. 
you're not allowed to say. Are you? But this guy has the nerve, this Ali Velshi has the nerve to talk about the regimes in Afghanistan, Syria, China, Burma. And Israel, in the same sentence, in the same sentence, where are the corporatists at MSNBC and NBC and Comcast? Where are they? Syria, which has slaughtered half a million people with the help of Putin. China, which has concentration camps with political enemies and so many more, as well as Uyghurs. The brutality in Burma of the various military juntas. And of course Afghanistan. Where girls are raped and married. And brutalized. And go on and on and on. This is Israel. And you have a host. You have somebody on a platform on MSNBC, on Friday, who makes this comment? The left gets away with unbelievable hatred and racism and anti-Semitism and bigotry. I also want to make it abundantly clear through his own words. Abundantly clear through his own words. What Donald Trump thinks about what's happening in Ukraine and what he thinks about Vladimir Putin because the same media that tolerates the Ali Velshis and the Joy Reeds and the Terry Crosses or Tiffany Crosses, the same media that tolerates these folks are the same media that trashed the former president. Oh, he was a lackey for Putin. Isn't that amazing when the real lackey's been Biden and his family? Corrupt as hell. Tens of millions of dollars flowing through that family from foreign governments and foreign front corporations. New York Times doesn't give a crap. Washington Compost could care less. I want you to listen to Trump. What he actually has to say about what's taking place. I want to make sure I get the right cut here, Mr. Producer. Here he is on cut eight. Go. Inflation to the loss of energy independence. It is so sad to watch. And now add to that what's going on in Ukraine. That's a that's genocide. What what's happening in Ukraine is people have never seen anything like that before. Let me tell you something, folks. I'm not even sure I'm supposed to say this. A couple of weeks ago when I spoke to President Trump, we were talking about Ukraine and Putin. And he was extremely harsh in his discussion with me about Putin. And I want to show you how the media have lied about this man and have created a false, a completely false narrative. And we were hanging up, he said to me, one of the things he said to me, you ready for this, Mr. Producer? Putin will never go to heaven. 
Now, only a religious man would say that, right? Did you expect Donald Trump to say that to me, Rich? He said, Putin will never go to heaven. And look how they make Trump out to be. Well, there's a hell of a lot more dead Ukrainians while Biden's been president. There's no question about it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Folks, one of our objectives here is to use this megaphone in the millions of listeners, all corners of the country, to try and ensure that this republic survives. And in doing so, we want to get behind candidates and make candidates available to you who believe in this country and who who seek your support. That doesn't mean the candidate is in your state, doesn't mean the candidate is in your county, but in this case, they're going to vote on issues that affect you. Wherever you live and wherever they're from. And you can influence their election as well by providing support or withholding it. So we have with us now a gentleman I endorsed years ago, years ago, for the United States Senate. And now he's running again in a seat that is an open seat in the Republican primary. And he is a solid conservative. T.W. Shannon running for the the Senate in Oklahoma. How are you, my friend? Mark, I'm doing well. Mr. Levin, thank you so much for having me on. It's such a pleasure to be on your show. Somebody who stands up for the Constitution and for America every single day. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. It means so much. And T.W., you call me Mark. We have uh, we don't know each other <laughs> that closely, but we've known each other a long time over the years, haven't we? You were the Speaker of the House in Oklahoma a long time ago, weren't you? I was, Mark. You know, in 2013, my colleagues elected me Speaker of the House, and I'm saying I was the youngest speaker in Oklahoma's history, the first African American, the first Chickasaw Native American. Uh, but I, more importantly, I was the most conservative speaker Oklahoma's ever had, and that told me I learned very quickly then that the narrative that the Democrats are pushing—it's a lie. It's a lie that you can't be successful in this country. Uh, I was born to two wonderful parents who stayed married for 49 years who continue to make me believe I was the most important thing in their life. And th- America is not the home of systemic racism, Mark. America is the home of systemic opportunity. I am a Christian, I'm a conservative, and I'm a capitalist, and that makes me the Democrats' worst nightmare. And we talk about the issues on our website, TW for Senate, because we want to restore what made America great in the first place, and that's the Constitution, it's capitalism, and it is Christianity. That's what made America great to start with, and that's what, why I'm running for the United States Senate. Now, T.W., I take it you would be the first African-American United States senator from Oklahoma. Is that right? 
That, that's right, Mark. And you I'm, know, I'm only the, bringing that up because I assume the Democrat Party is behind you. I assume the media are behind you. I assume all these groups are behind you. Black Lives Matter behind you because that would be historic, T.W. Well, actually, none of the groups you named are behind me. In fact, they've mm-hmm. made me public enemy number one, Mark. You know, anytime you're running against the Washington establishment as an outsider like I am, I, listen, I, I've never, you know, worked in Washington, D.C. I don't have the, the, the access to PACs and the corporate uh, uh, government teeth that others have. What I did when I was Speaker of the House, we reformed welfare in Oklahoma. We told people that if you're going to receive uh, benefits from the state, you have to work. We required a work ethic, people to work 20 hours a week uh, if you are going to receive a benefit. In fact, that model has been copied nationally in other states and even the federal government. Republicans have tried it. Uh, and that made me public enemy number one from the D.C. establishment, especially uh, uh, from from liberal uh, black groups. You know, places like Black Lives Matter. Excuse me, I'm sorry, not Black Lives Matter. Better known as black lying Marxists, because that's really what mm-hmm. they are. Um, those those kinds of groups, I'm their worst nightmare because I totally push against the narrative that you can't be successful in this country. You can be. And if you doubt that, Mark, if you, be, if you don't believe me that you could be successful in America, tell me why there are brown and black people trying to get into this country every single day, uh, risking life and limb, even breaking our laws by coming here illegally because we have a president who won't seal our border and protect Americans. When I'm in the United States Senate, I will look Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the face and tell them enough is enough. We're going back to the Constitution. This is the land of systemic opportunity. It is not the home of systemic racism. Brilliant. Brilliantly put, as far as I'm concerned. And the Republican Party has really opened its arms to minorities, to uh, not just black, but Hispanic and Asian and everything and everybody else. But people who support these ideals that you talk about, that's what's so key. And you know what? The media, if you support those ideals, your first name would be Controversial T.W., right? Controversial T.W. Shannon. If you're a radical leftist, it's, it's historic T.W. Shannon. What kind of treatment are you getting from the media? Have you been invited on CNN or MSNBC, any New York Times or Washington Post interviews, anything like that? You know, Mark, on my website, uh, Shannon for Senate, we have a clip where I was on CNN, but this is before I was running. This is when I was representing uh, Donald Trump as the chair of Black Voices for Trump when I replaced Herman Cain as the national chair. And I went on a CNN show with Brianna. Uh, oh, what's the young lady's name? She's awful. She treats everybody They're all the awful. same. And they cannot believe uh, that you have an African-American who thinks differently and is not on the Democrat plantation, but is able to form thoughts for themselves. Listen, I grew up, I tell people all the time, I, I didn't get my conservative values from watching Fox News or, or, or any other, or even listening to Mark Levin. I got my conservative values from the African-American church that I grew up in mm-hmm. where they taught me, you don't, you don't take more than you make. You don't, you don't spend more than you make. If someone hands you something, you say, thank you. And the only hand you can depend on is one at the end of your sleeve, take care of your neighbors and be sure to make sure that your country is, is one of the most important things to you and that your faith should guide you, not government. Your, your, your faith should be in Jesus Christ, not your government. And, uh, and that's where I learned my conservative values. But I'm so glad we have leaders like you who reinforce that every single day because the, the, the woke 
mob is trying to redefine who we are as a country. And it takes leaders like you, like T.W. Shannon, who's running for Senate, to stand up and say, enough is enough. You cannot make America uh, the, the, the evil of the world. Because I believe this next election, what's really on the ballot is the fundamental goodness of America. Mm-hmm. Are we still the good guys? And the answer is, we are. If we weren't, if we weren't the good guys, Mark, you wouldn't yeah. have had Afghanistan's holding on to the wings of airplanes trying mm-hmm. to get here. And that tells me that the rest of the world knows who we are. We just need our, our woke leaders like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. We need to put them out of office, and we need people in the Senate who will go on the offense. If it's one thing Donald Trump taught Republicans, we must be on the offense. We cannot play defense any longer. When is this election in uh, Oklahoma, the primary? June, June 28th, Mark, and we're talking to voters. In fact, I'm in the far southwest corner uh, uh, home of Altus Air Force Base. I'm in Altus, Oklahoma, and on my website, Shannon for Senate, uh, where you can track where we're going. But the election is June 28th, and we're, we're talking to voters every single day because usually for a statewide election like this, you usually have, you know, six to nine months to plan, 12 to eight months, 12 to 18 months to execute. It's 11 weeks until this election, Mark. And I've got the Washington establishment. The PAC money has lined up against us. In order to be successful, it's going to take conservatives uniting and coming together on our website at Shannon for Senate to, to unite and invest in our campaign so that we can take our message of freedom and prosperity and capitalism to Washington, D.C., and take our Oklahoma values there and push back and start helping Donald Trump to continue to drain the swamp. This is what drives me crazy. When we have a fantastic conservative in a Republican primary race like this, somebody who is African-American, who has the background that, that will even attract many, many more voters, even out of the Democrat Party, and you get a fight like hell for the nomination because the Republican establishment backs somebody else. T.W., stay with us. I'd like to carry you over the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. T.W. Shannon. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492. Or visit SwissAmerica.com. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. T.W. Shannon is running for the Senate, the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate in Oklahoma. He would be a fantastic senator. I'd like to take this opportunity, if you'll have it, T.W., to endorse you again for the United States Senate because I think you would be a terrific member of the United States Senate. And by the way... Mark, thank you so much. Yeah. 
If anybody wants to support you as well, they can go to TWForSenate.com, TWForSenate.com. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, first of all, thank you so much. That endorsement means so much to me. And again, I don't take these things lightly. lightly. Thank you for believing in me and our message, which frankly uh, is no different than the message that you preach every single day. It's that capitalism works. You know, capitalism, we talk about this on my website, TW for Senate. Capitalism is the fairest system known to mankind. If you care about generational poverty, and I do, Republicans care about generational poverty, but I believe the best social program in the world is a good-paying job. And if you really care about generational poverty in this country, the only system known to mankind to ever move people from generational poverty into the middle class it's capitalism. I mean, look, here's the reality. You only vote for socialism one time. The next time to get out of it, so you've true. got to shoot your way out of it. And that's the truth. And, and America has done more to spread freedom across the globe. But unfortunately, you've got people like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, who goes on an apology tour, apologizing for American exceptionalism. And again, people around the world know better. But unfortunately, the Democrat Party and groups like Black Line Marxists, they've convinced generations of Americans that we're the bad guys. It's because they don't know our history. They don't understand that we are a, a, a one nation under God, indivisible. They don't realize that because they haven't been taught the true history of this country. And I think if we have the right leadership in the United States Senate and in Washington, D.C., we can start changing this around. And that's why I'm running uh, as a conservative and, frankly, as an America First conservative. Now, T.W. Shannon, what kind of reception are you getting throughout the state? Mark, i got to tell you, it has been overwhelming to see people come together who are hungry for a leader who's going to stand up and push against the, 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 the establishment that they see taking uh, uh, advantage of everyday Americans. I mean, remember, it wasn't that long ago, Mark, where we all had to wake up and wait to decide if some mayor of your town decided if you were essential or non-essential. That means you can go earn a living for your family, but you can't. To me, that was the most frightening thing I've ever seen in this country, and Republicans allowed it to happen. We need Republicans who are going to go on the offense, who are going to st- tell the truth, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it goes against your own party, who's going to stand up and say, this is America. We still believe in life, liberty, and we believe in the right of property, to own property, and that, you're, you're, again, your you're, you're, you're faith can't be in your government. Your faith must be in your creator. Uh, that's the way the forefathers saw it, and that's why I'm running for the United States Senate. And on my website, TW for Senate, Senate, we talk about these very things, how we've got to restore America back to the, to the dignity that she deserves around the globe. And I think it starts in the United States Senate. And, of course, as I tell my audience all the time, it's crucially important that Oklahoma send you to the United States Senate. But when you vote, you're going to not only affect the people in Oklahoma, you're going to affect the people in New York. You're going to affect the people in California. You're going to affect the people all over the country. The direction of the country right now, transgenderism, critical race theory, all of which is used to indoctrinate little babies, little kids. When you look at the wide open border, the amount of fentanyl coming in and the deaths from that and and the sex trade and uh, MS-13 and all coming across the border. We haven't seen numbers like this any time in American history. The debt is through the roof. 
the attempt to uh, to pack the Supreme Court, the uh, the attack on the Constitution, the the attempt to nationalize voting in a way that only hope, helps the Democrat Party. We're not talking about a normal time, a normal election. They're not operating within the box. They're trying to destroy the box. That's why this is so important. Correct. There's no doubt about it, Mark. The Demo- this is this goes back to your worldview, right? This this goes back to the worldview you have. If you if you don't believe that we're all created in the image of God, if you believe that you evolve uh, from a monkey or from from a placebo, or you you, you evolve from uh, uh, some other organ, single cell organism other than from a mother and a father, if you don't believe that, then you don't believe that there's a purpose for your life, that God puts you here for a purpose. And I believe that every person we meet is created in the image of God, and that dictates how I treat people. But it also dictates the worldview that I have, the value of human life, right? This is why the Chinese and the Russians can't compete with America. And again, if you ever doubt that, just look around. China and Russia don't have an immigration problem. There are people trying to break into Russia and trying to break into China, and there's a reason for it. It's because they don't treat their people with dignity and human respect. The reason people want to come to this country, Mark, it's because of the middle class. People who come, and remember, it wasn't that long ago where we saw people, we mentioned it earlier, hanging on to the wings of airplanes trying to get here. We saw mothers handing their babies, their newborn baby, to a soldier that they didn't know, a guy who had an M16 on his on his hip and was willing to take that baby. The only thing she knew is that that soldier had the old right and old red, white, and blue on his sleeve. The reason she wanted her child to come to America was because she wanted that child to enter the middle class. They don't, people don't come here expecting to be rich like Bill Gates and, and Elon Musk. They come here expecting to enter the middle class and the Democrats have choked off the middle class. I mean, Oklahomans are hurting right now with, with gas prices through the roof. We see groceries that people can't afford because of the, the Biden tax, the highest tax known to mankind, which is the Biden inflation. Um, these things affect everyday Americans and we need Republicans who can stand up and on my website, TW for Senate, we talk about our plan to start restoring America back to, back, back to its rightful place in the world. But that starts at home. If you want a good, if you want a, 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 a strong federal government, if you want a strong country, if you want a strong state, if you want a strong city, it starts with strong families and it starts with fathers. And that's what we've got to get back to, the things that made America great to start with. Folks, I think most of you in this audience will agree with what T.W. is saying. Let's give him the support that he needs. He's running up against Washington Republicans again. T.W. for Senate.com. T.W. for Senate.com. If you live in and around Oklahoma, you can help him. If you all over the country, you can donate to his campaign. It's one of these primaries again. T.W. for Senate.com. And I strongly endorse you, sir. And I wish you all the best. And we'll have you back. Mark, thank you so much for that endorsement. I'm a Christian. I'm a conservative. I'm a capitalist. That makes me the Democrats' worst nightmare. Thank you for your endorsement. I won't let you down, and I won't let America down. All right. Happy Easter to you, my friend. Need something? He is terrific. Absolutely terrific. Did you hear reports that our tax dollars, about 30000 a month, are going toward housing and protecting Hunter Biden with the Secret Service? Instead of putting him in a regular house in town, he's living it up on our dime in Malibu. And remember, this is tax time. You're paying your taxes now? Well, let me tell you a little secret. They're due on Monday. 
those of us who pay taxes. This is the same Hunter Biden, the corrupt media, and the tech oligarchs went out of their way to protect and cover for, and by doing so possibly, and I think definitely, affected the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. This is why they don't want Elon Musk to take over Twitter and clean it up. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to remind you of Troopathon on April 15th and 16th, 10 Pacific Time, 1 Eastern Time on Newsmax. That is Troopathon, where we try to raise money for our troops and care packages. April 15th, that's tomorrow, and the 16th, that is Saturday. I have that right, Mr. Producer? 10 Pacific Time, that's in the morning, 1 Eastern Time on Newsmax. One more time, tomorrow and Saturday, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Newsmax. I hope you'll watch us. It's very important. It's troopathon.org. Troopathon.org. It's very important that we give our troops support. You know, they're still out there in different places of the world. Still out there in different places of the world. Newt Gingrich is right again. What am I talking about? Well, he was interviewed by Just the News, which is a great site by John Solomon. And he denounces McConnell's strategy for Republicans of the Senate as bad as Pelosi is what he says about McConnell, as bad as Pelosi. And McConnell's already creating a situation that if we don't win a significant majority in the Senate, it's your fault, it's the fault of conservatives, it's the support of Trump and Trump supporters, Uh, it's the fault of Trump and Trump supporters. Former House Speaker Gingrich said that Senate Minority Leader McConnell's strategy for success in this year's midterms quote, is as bad as, unquote, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's leadership over her chamber. And I've been talking about this, too. He's not running on anything. It was asked on the John Solomon Reports show about what Republicans must do to sustain their majority. It says, I'm totally with Kevin McCarthy and with Rick Scott, both of whom have come up with positive ideas. McCarthy wants to develop a commitment to America. And uh, he says, uh, Scott has had the guts to say, you may not like all my ideas, but at least I have ideas. What are yours? And recently, Senator Scott ran afoul of Mitch McConnell for setting out his own legislative agenda. McConnell has not set out a legislative agenda. He was on a Sunday show last weekend. He was on another show last week. He had no agenda. He has no agenda. Because he's not a conservative. He's barely a Republican. And so McConnell rules with an iron fist. It's really pathetic how the Senate Republicans have given this guy the power that he has. It's pathetic. So the Democrats are really bad, ladies and gentlemen. But if we don't have a hell of an election, in part it's due to the feckless... Passive, 
incoherent leadership of the likes of Mitch McConnell and his ilk. Solomon asked Gingrich whether McConnell should remain the Senate GOP leader and move on. I think the Senate Republicans have to decide that, he says. But I would hope they collectively are going to sit down and talk it through. I mean, are they going to offer something positive for America or are they going to just run negative? Uh, I'll answer the question directly. No, he should not be the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, John Solomon. He's a disaster. He's terrible. Gingrich also said, I think it's a very important moment of decision for the U.S. Senate. I think it's very important that they understand what McCarthy's doing and what Rick Scott's doing. At a moment of turmoil and confusion and enormous pain, the American people deserve a Republican Senate, Republican House. That tells us before the election what they're going to do, then actually does it so we can hold them accountable. Says Gingrich, he's not against McConnell remaining leader, but he's against Mitch Remaining leader if it's going to be a secret closed leadership. Again, I'm against him being leader because he's not a leader. He's a conniver. McConnell is a conniver. He's not a leader. All right, Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? Mm -hmm. Alfred in Yonkers, the great WABC. Alfred, go right ahead, please. Hi, Mark. It's a great pleasure to talk to you. I've been listening to you for a long time, and I, I love you. your intellect, and, and I love your insight, and Thank you're doing you. a great job. I just I want to say I'm sickened by what's happening. Yeah, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, I'm sickened by what's happening, what the left and the Democrats are doing to this country. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm a, I was a big Trump supporter. I loved the man. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just wanted to know if Elon Musk will acquire um, Twitter and allow um, the president to go back on there again. Well, I'll tell you what, I think he would. But I think the, uh, President Trump announced that he wouldn't. Really? He's starting his own thing, you know. That would be a letdown, I mean. That would be, um, I mean, I'd have a chat with him myself. If Elon Musk takes over, and if I can help, I will go back to Twitter. Great, great. All right, my friend. God bless you. I appreciate your call very, very much. Folks, have a wonderful Passover beginning tomorrow night. Pesach to my Jewish friends. And of course, a wonderful Easter to my Christian friends. God bless you all. And God bless this great country of ours. I'm very, very blessed to be here with you. Take care.